welcome to my podcast. Um, so this is the first episode of my podcast, and I was supposed to shoot this episode yesterday, but your girl had a second dose of a vaccine, and it was not a pretty sight. I had the fever, muscle aches, it just was not a great day, but we made it through, and here we are. So my podcast is all about the human journey, the lived experience, and I thought, what is, of all the stories that I have, what is the best way to open up this podcast? If not, just take it back to the root. And here we are. So I thought about a time in my life when I was very young. And at this stage in my life, I was so young that I couldn't really make out a lot of, like a lot of meaning to certain behaviors because I was very young. So I remember, um, actually before we go on, I just want to give you a bit of a background of myself. I've got three brothers and I am the only girl. My mom worked as in a bank, she was a banker growing up and my dad he owned a cement company. So both my parents were actually very successful and we were we were well to do. We had um we had good things growing up. Let's just put it that way. Uh but unfortunately, you know, all good things sometimes do come to an end. And when my parents got divorced, I obviously was too young. I was too young to understand anything. But I remember one morning slash afternoon-ish, my mom packed up all our stuff. My dad was away at work at this time. Um, So she put everything in a truck and packed us all up and off we go to a completely new state. And obviously, I'm sure she must have lied to us and just be like, yeah, you know, we're just going for a visit, we'll come right back. You know, we're kids, you don't really understand a situation then, but in hindsight, I'm just thinking, what must be going through her mind? You know, she's going to have to quit her job, move her kids away. Um, I'm sure she probably thought, not probably, I'm sure she was afraid that, you know, if she had said something sooner, someone could have taken away her kids from her, hence the... um, the impromptu movement, impromptu upper kids out of school, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I do feel for her. And I also do feel for my dad, you know? Can you imagine going to work, thinking it was just going to be another day like it was yesterday? You come home, no kids, no wife. I can't even imagine what they, they both must have, uh, you know, felt at that time, respectively. But... Um, it was it was an interesting journey because growing up, you know, we had the whole neighborhood. We were very popular, you know. We my parents had money. I won't say we because that was not my money. That was my parents' money. Um, they had money. They were very influential within the community. We had our own drivers. We had our own housemaids. Whenever my mom was at the bank, and she had like her own. Uh, like a grocery store whenever she was done from the bank so that's where so whenever we would go to school 
and then we would come back from school when the drivers pick us up we would go directly to the store what the housemaid was and once my mom was done from the bank she would come by the store and then pick us all up and then we would all go home um yeah so <laughs> that happened and now we have to we just literally had a life shift we went from being this privileged kids to having to adjust her sense of self her sense of living and how we done things previously to like a new way of doing things it wasn't too bad but it was in the greatest it wasn't too bad in the sense that we were kids you know you go by what your parents tell you to go by you have to do this you do this um so we moved i remember when we moved we moved into one of my mom's um friend's house and this is just the the first of many uh movement into her friend's house houses I, sh- I should say um so this particular friend she was she was no she was very lovely she was very nice but her she had a son and two daughters her son was in university and he was super nice her two daughters were in high school they were terrible extremely terrible to us um I was I know for a fact that I was under the age of 7. I don't know exactly how old I was then, but I know I was under 7. So, my first brother, um he was in high school, but he was in boarding school at the time. My younger brother was with my mom. My mom was not staying at the house, so she had to do other stuff. She had to work, she had to provide for her family, you know. It's not like you can leave your kids with your friends and go cuz that's not their kids, right? You don't want to be a burden. You still want to be able to provide for money for clothes, for food and for other things. So she had to do that. And because my younger brother was so young, she had to take him with her. And I believe she was staying at her mom's house at the time. Why she wouldn't take us to her mom? That was a whole other that's a whole other story and I think she made the best call. Um So it was just myself and my immediate older brother and we were both young. Um I remember sometimes as kids they would send us on errands. They were just completely just rude to us. It was it was not a fun time at all. So we would go to school and every time we would come home, the bus would drop us off. It would just be a dreadful feeling. Like even thinking about it now like <laughs> It's just it's not the greatest feeling in the world. I just didn't want to go home because it didn't feel like home. The mom was great. The kids were just because they were often home a lot of the times. The mom would go to work and then she would come back a little later, so we would spend more time with the kids. It was just really, it was not a great experience. Let's just put it that way. Um, but when the first uh, the first son would come home from university, oh, it was such an amazing experience. It was so lovely. He would protect us from his sisters. Um <laughs> It was just it was just happy moments. Um sometimes my mom would come and she would come visit stay for a couple of days and then leave. I remembered one time. My mom has always been a collector of gold. She loves gold. Gold and you know nice 
clothes she did have that but because you know this was a very different time for us she had to sell her gold she had to sell her clothes just so you know we could eat we could be comfortable because now you know she's quit her her very nice paying job and she you know she has to get another job and it's not always easy when you're trying to start from the bottom I remember she had some of her clothes on the clothesline, like in the compound. And if I remember correctly, this family friend's house that we were staying at does not have a fence. And in, by the way, this all happened in Nigeria, just a bit of a background. Um, in Nigeria, the houses are very different from what they look like um, here in the Western world. You have these high fences that just gives you a privacy of your compound and ownership. But in that particular family friend's house, there was no fence, nor there was nor was there a gate. Sorry. Um, so she had like her clothes on the clothesline, and the next morning we woke up and they were all gone. Some people had come in and they had stolen them, and she was supposed to sell those items, and it was just that at the time, obviously, you know, all I knew was somebody stole clothes. I didn't know the. Uh, what's the word i didn't know to what extent or the 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 use of those clothes i just knew somebody stole them and it was my mom's it's fine she'll wear something else but that was not the purpose the purpose was for her to sell those items so she could get money so that we wouldn't starve to death um so yeah that happened and finally i remembered when my mom was like okay well we're leaving here we're going somewhere else I was so happy because what I guess sometimes things aren't always as it seems I was happy but my ass was going into something completely different and not so nice too so we went to my I believe she was my see my memory with us people back then is so foggy so I have to think about it I believe she was my grandmother's sister and it was her daughter that we were going to stay with me, my mom's cousin, I think. Um, so that's where we're going. So we went over to hers. At first, she was really nice and really great. She had kids her age, so that was really nice and lovely. And after a while, she started to change towards us, towards my mom. Her kids would have the good food. And, you know, we ate, we ate okay, but it wasn't the best food. She kept the good foods for her kids and we just had whatever she could give us. My mom would send food stuff to her and she would feed those food stuff to her kids. And we would just go to school, whatever we had. Um, anyway, it was in, you know, it was in the greatest experience. At, at this time, in hindsight, I'm just thinking, I can't imagine how many nights and how many tears my mother would have cried herself to sleep. You know, like, those are your kids. You want the best for them. Yet, you are not in a situation where you can really help yourself. As long as they had a roof over their head. At least they ate and they were clothed and they had to go, they, you know, they went to school. You were okay and you just had to keep fighting until you can give them a better life. So from that place, we went, we finally moved back to my mom's hometown. And at this time, she was able to actually afford a place for us to live. 
honestly, when we moved into this place, we didn't have a lot. We had I, not even a mattress, guys. Not even a mattress. So we moved into this spot, but it was a roof over our head. And, you know, it was... I get to see my mom every single day, not just once in a blue moon, every single day. And that enough was good for me. I was so happy. We didn't have enough, but we were so excited. And just looking back, you're like, you know, we came from a place where we had housemaids. We had, in fact, each and every one of my siblings, we all got our own housemates growing up. We had drivers. My grandfather had a car company. So we always had cars around the houses. You know, we had drivers. We had a lot of people. Like, people knew who we were. Even sometimes, like, now they go, Oh, are you the, the daughter of that person? And I'm like, I don't even know who you are, but I guess I am. <laughs> anyway, so we moved into this place. Nothing. The only thing I remembered we had was we had mats. There were orange, two mats. They were orange, black, and blue. That was their color. And I remember my mom would sleep on the floor. My younger brother, because, you know, he was, he was, honestly, he was so young. Maybe he was three. So he would have the mats. And I think my brother and I, my second brother and I, would sleep on the other mat. Um, so yeah, I think that was it. So my mom would, oh God, bless mothers. I remember my mom, she would go out so early in the morning, like early as five, when it was so dark outside, and she wouldn't come home till maybe around 12 or one, when it was so dangerous. And all she was trying to do is go talk to this person. She would travel so far. Sometimes she would walk long distances just so she could save money and only take one transport fare in a situation where you could you need to take at least 45 transport to get to where you're going my mom would only take one because she didn't have the luxury to spend that money on transport because if she did then we wouldn't have food to eat so she would do that um and then anyway <laughs> it's just i'm sorry it's just very interesting when you're talking about these things that you haven't actually thought about um so she did that for a bit finally things started to open up she got another job and this time it was very good it was well paying and by this time you know she got a carpenter uh, a carpenter to come in um and she told them what she wanted for her furniture so they started doing that and then we had a bed it was such a great feeling we had couches oh my gosh it was such a great feeling before we couldn't even invite people over and then she bought i remember when she bought a tv that was the best nights of our lives oh my gosh it was so good and we had like stuff around the house it was so so great and i remember one afternoon which i did something completely stupid god like honestly if you have kids kudos to you you guys do a tremendous like you the way you do is just amazing and it's wonderful I remember one time I went to, I, I had a nap, I had an afternoon nap. So I woke up from my nap. My mom wasn't home, obviously, she was at work. And it was my first brother who is like, what, 10, eight years young, older than I am. Um, and my other brother, and my brothers were all home. Let's just put it that way. And it was just us. Um, 
So I woke up. So the house where we were staying, we were renting at this time. Where we were staying, the uh, so the the two sides of the fences, one was completely done with a gate, the other one had broken down, and it was in the process of reconstruction. I remember waking up from my nap. I was so disoriented. I didn't even put on flip flops or shoes. Nothing. Your girl. I was right now. I'm five three. Now imagine how short I must have been then. I jumped a fence, went to our neighbor's place because they do sell some food stuff, and I was there and I was like, "Oh, I'm trying to buy stuff," and they're looking at me like, "Are you good? Like, what do you want to buy, little kid? Like, what do you want?" And while she was talking to me, I finally came to. At this time, my brother was already looking for me, like, "Where are you going?" So he came in and found me, and I'm like, "What am I doing here?" It's like, "You jumped the fence!" I'm like, "No way!" So we had a moment about it. They teased me about it, like, "Ah,、oh, brothers do,"、um, but it was just very interesting. You guys do an amazing job. You keep an eye on those kids. You make sure you keep us out of trouble, because you know we are crazy people. Well, at the time, I'm 20 something now, but you know, kids are crazy people with all the. The good intentions of the heart.、Um, anyway, back to the story. So we started doing better. We went to school. We came home. We had more than enough food. And the funniest thing was, throughout all this moment, I remember when my mom would cook. So let's say on a Saturday and Sunday when we were home and all going to school. If she were cooking、uh, breakfast, and the food wasn't ready yet. She would give us money and tell us to go buy snacks. She never complained. She never told us stop wasting food. She never, not one time, did she ever force us to finish foods that we don't. And I remember my younger brother was such a fussy eater, because you know he was a toddler.、Um, he would eat like two spoons and then go, "Oh, I'm full." And my mom's like, "And he was so skinny." And my mom's like, "You have to eat some more." So we would keep his food because we know once he goes to play, he'll come right back and be like, "Oh, I want more food," and then we eat some more.、Um, it was just that I'm talking about it and just looking back. It was such a happy moment. We didn't have a lot compared to what we used to have. No, we didn't have a lot, but we had a lot of peace. We had a lot of happy moments. We had a lot of joy. We had a lot of love. It was it was really really fun. Christmas was always amazing, amazing. You know, we would buy our own turkey and chicken, and my mom would kill it. And then it was just always amazing. And my mom was so generous; she would still give to our neighbors, and they liked her because she was peaceful. She was quiet. She kept to herself. Just like my older brother too, you know, we're kids. We love to play around and be silly. We did our own thing, but she was very quiet, very respectful, minded her business.、Um, yeah, so it's just it's it's such an interesting concept. So that's why,、um, as human beings, we're what's okay. So the moral of the story is. Sometimes we're very quick to say, "Oh well, if that were me, I would do it this way. If that were me, I would do it that way." But the truth is, you are not that person. You are not them. It takes for you. 
to be immersed in a situation for you to completely and wholeheartedly grasp the conditions in which a person behaves a certain way and why they do what they do. There is already enough criticisms going on in this world. And also, if you're not going to offer someone constructive criticism, just don't do it at all. We need a lot more empathy and a lot more understanding. Just enough. Just dish it out and just give it to people. You never know how you're going to change someone's life or just affect someone's life. Um... Yeah, so we need to do more of that. Um, See, life is very interesting. In that situation for me, it definitely does, it did humble me. Growing up from that moment onward, I've known to never expect anything of other people. If I needed to get a certain grade, I don't expect my teachers to, like, you're not entitled. Let's just put it that way. If things don't work out for you, you have to, I always try to put in my best foot. Even when it's not looking the greatest for me. At least I can say, you know what, I tried and I gave it my all. Failure is never a one-time thing and it's never a do or die. If you fail one time, it's okay. Take a step back, relax. Take a break and try again. And I can tell you, by the time you try third time, the second, third, fourth time, at some point you were bound to get it. Trust me. But if you don't try at all and you go, well, I mean, I tried and I failed. What's the point of trying again? You will never know. A lot of successful people in the world have definitely had their shortcomings and they've had to try again and again even when everything looked like it was against them so we'll learn as we grow and life surely is a journey and that's it for today and i hope to see you guys next time on the next episode i hope you have a fantastic day and a fantastic thanksgiving